the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Vector Communications, data networks built for business. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is it, our final episode for 2014, episode 211. I'm Paul Spain. Merry Christmas. I'm Will Reid. And I'm Ross McDougall. Hey guys, thank you for uh, for joining me so close to Christmas when uh, many people have already disappeared off to the beach or somewhere well away from the city, um, but you're both still here, so... Thank you. Yeah, we are. Thanks Suckers for, are left uh, behind. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't get their annual leaving in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, well, someone, someone's still got to be here working, and uh, uh, look, I appreciate that uh, both of you have, uh, have jumped on board. Now, Ross, just remind us where, where you fit into the uh, the media and, uh, and tech world in New yeah, Zealand. sure. Okay, so my name is Ross McDougall. I... Play guitar in a New Zealand metal band called Saving Grace. Uh, very, uh, yeah, yeah. I play guitar, loving it. Um, yeah, very, very heavy metal. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I run my own social media company, Catch Thirty Three. Uh, heavily invested in social media uh, content management, um, and just a very avid user of technology: phones, Android, uh, video games, and pretty much have my fingers in a few pies. And yeah. Cool, cool. All right, we'll yeah. um, we'll dive into more on that. And uh, and Wall, um, like my esteemed colleagues, I am uh, within the consumer electronics industry, and also dabble in a bit of podcasting as well with my NZ Entertainment Podcast Show. Excellent, plug, plug. cool. Well, uh, well, let's jump in now. Um, first up, interesting um, some stats that have come through saying that our New Zealand internet speeds have increased this year by about thirty four thirty four percent. Um, so I guess this this is one of the one of the benefits for us as a country of uh, of having jumped on board with the ultra fast broadband initiative, <laughs> and we you know we're heading down that track pretty quickly. I would say probably a, a fair bit quicker than uh, than Australia with their uh, their NBN, which is uh, their well, you couldn't actually call it an equivalent initiative anymore because uh, they're not really getting up to quite the same level as we as we were heading in New Zealand. But yeah, we, we've seen that uh, that increase of 30, 34%. The NBR article refers to our, our average having gone from uh, 10 megabits per second to uh, 14, uh, 14 megabits. Yeah, nice to see things uh, trucking along, right? Yeah, definitely. Mm. I am moving house very shortly and I've already checked. I guess I'm going to who's got ultra fast broadband, so I am looking forward to Oh, you're very, very lucky. It's, yeah, uh, it's, you're lucky. Yeah. yeah, it's still less than half the population, you know, by a fairly long shot that have yeah. uh, that have got access to it. So it's definitely one of those things to look for when you're. I can't uh, believe I'm in the, in the city place. city fringe, and I can't even get um, anything higher than, than broadband. Yeah, yet. I was going to say though that they didn't do that test where where, where we live because um, yeah. I'm definitely not hitting that right. Yeah, now. yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, what witchery is this? MBR. Well, it was interesting because you know the open homes that I've been going to the. Pretty much every single person's asking, well, "What's the internet speed here?" Mm, yeah, the states don't actually know. Yeah, they had no idea. So that'd be one of my things on the uh, to buy a house list would be, "What's the, the speed?" Yeah, you my, that was my speed. number one question. I don't care about anything else. Just, <laughs> and it, give me my broadband. Your wife's looking at the color, the this, the <laughs> yeah, that, how many rooms. You're just like, this is good. How, how, how much show. broadband? Look, I don't care. I'll I'll, uh, I'll play games and, and do stuff in the garage if, yeah, if I've got I'll, fast broadband. Doesn't matter if we've got enough rooms. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring a stovetop in. I'll live in the corner. Just give me ultra fast broadband. Pizza oven check, upload speed check. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the fact that it's 14, that does give us some indication that there are highs and lows because, mm-hmm. you know, now, for instance, like what we've got here, we've got 200 megabits up up and down in terms of ultra-fast broadband, yeah. um, but there's not a lot at that speed. So for that average to be, at, you know, in the 13 to 14 megabits per second range means, you know, there are some people, and particularly when you look at rural, that are, that are dramatically less than that. Mm. In the same way, there are people that are dramatically higher now, uh, I think the government's commitment with uh, at, yeah their previous sort of election promise was to bump up that ultra fast broadband from hitting uh, originally they were aiming to hit seventy five percent of the population yeah I think yeah. that that bumps up a little bit more uh, maybe in the direction or around eighty percent it helps I presume a few more people be happy about their their internet speeds and then in between I guess that's uh, that's where the variations like the uh, rural broadband initiatives. Well, they are. Uh, Even Auckland's rural, uh, the countryside in Auckland. I mean, Hamilton's getting. Oh, that's not part of Auckland, is it? But nearly. Yeah, might uh, well, yeah, well, yeah. well be. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were some other interesting articles that came, uh, uh, interesting uh, stats that came through, and all this information came out of from TrueNet, who are contracted by the Commerce Commission to basically monitor our broadband uh, performance. Here in New Zealand, they have network probes um, on a yeah, bunch of vol- volunteers. Um, I think note here, sort of saying around four hundred volunteers' internet connections that are that are utilised to uh, you know to create those rankings. And yeah, it's always interesting. Um, you can go online and sort of check who who's who's doing well and who's not with their uh, their performance. Um, but they've got some market share stats that I thought were interesting. Uh, we yeah, talking home uh, home home broadband. Uh, this was a survey from uh, last year, about 10,000 people, uh, 44% of them using Spark, 29% on uh, uh, Vodafone, and then Orcon 6%, Slingshot 4 Atrix uh, on there with 4%, which was a bit of a mm. uh, surprise to me. I'm not sure if that's, um, if that's accurate. Snap down at 2%, Xnet there going down to... Uh, Inspire, Trust Power, and Warshaw with with about one percent. So, yeah, quite quite interesting to see how it all uh, how it all falls out. But definitely, Spark's still in that very very dominant uh, position, and I'm sure their um, yeah their initiative to start offering unlimited helps them sort of keep that market share up, doesn't it? So, I mean, I think yeah, that's definitely. for me was one of the standout things of this year is how many internet providers are offering unlimited. Well. On, on that list, just about all of them, right? Yeah, and like I said, I'm moving house soon, so I haven't actually looked at pricing for a number of years now, and I was pleasantly surprised in terms of the number that we're offering, not only unlimited, but the actual the cost of unlimited as well. You know, there was a, a lot of murmurings around the whole Gigatown campaign about the, the mm. catch, uh, the catch twenty two about you know if a town. <laughs> may get ultra-fast broadband, the flip side of that is that, well, they could potentially increase their internet prices overall because now they're moving into a different price bracket. But it's good to see the majority of um, the companies that are offering those speeds and services are actually doing it at a very competitive price. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, some uh, some very good offerings there. So uh, good, good stuff. Now... Um Every year we sort of hear varying things from uh, from the security and uh, and and antivirus firms in terms of their uh, um, their their findings for the year or their uh, their their predictions uh, for for the year ahead. And um, yeah, there's been a few that have that have come through from uh, from Semantic uh, who have their Semantic and and their. Uh, 
they're Norton Norton products, but you know involved right you know very closely with with the world of uh, of, of security and and so on. Um, one one of their comments was around um, privacy, and that's going to be area that's you know going to be uh, something that we continue to uh, sacrifice. Um, and I guess when when you think about that, all of the you know when you install a, a free app on yeah, particularly on a mobile device, you know, you see that list of sort of permissions that are required, and I guess that's sort of part of the part of the privacy that you lose as soon as you install um, you know a free app. Is you know you, you're always you're trading something, are you? Either uh, yeah. you know it's to do with uh, advertising or, or something else, and often. The, the fact that they're able to track your location and, you know, varying other bits of information means they can deliver to you very targeted or, or somewhat targeted advertising, which becomes much more valuable than them just dropping a, maybe a standard uh, banner ad that we've maybe, you know, had in the past when we've uh, when we've visited a website. Yeah, certainly if you go back back a few years, there was very little information uh, to deliver targeted advertising, but that's all changing, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. And, I mean, security, like you said, it's, a, it's an interesting time. A lot of these big companies now to handle a lot of um, consumer data and customer data are now looking more and more into cloud uh, application solutions for customer service and customer relationship management. I mean, I'm I'm heavily involved in um, customer experience and and, uh, and CRM, SRM solutions. Uh, especially enterprise social relationship management suites. And uh, it's a fascinating topic to be talking to big companies about, you know, these uh, big, big telcos and and, uh, and finance institutes that are extremely interested in using social media and are still battling with the, uh, uh, the immaturity in terms of their understanding of cloud and security or even their um, – uh, actual legal requirements of, of handling customer data in that area. It's it's a fascinating area to be jumping through hurdles at the moment. There's uh, some very interesting discussions and uh, and assumptions being made about what you can and can't do in that area. So it's uh, yeah definitely an interesting and trying time. Yeah, a lot of these app companies are getting quite sneaky how they get customer information now. Like you notice a lot of this, so you can log in with Facebook. Um, or an email address, and if you log on to Facebook, it says that we can have all your your cust- all your friends, and they can share all that information. Well, we, were, we were talking about that one earlier. Uh, Google um, AdWords have now introduced a new metrics um, where they can track uh, the ability to convert physical conversion rates from your Google searches to your Google Map data in terms of if you've actually visited a physical store as a result of your recent search. It's now an inbuilt metrics in Google AdWords. No. It's, it's providing companies yeah. with a fascinating insight into conversion rates. But then yeah. the, the actual uh, reality of that is it's handling you know big data and, and tying your search results with your physical location. Yeah, well, I always, I'm quite guarded about my privacy. I always go for the email address. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I guess that's going to be yeah an area that becomes more of a problem. One of the other ones, um, and I saw something about this uh, recently. There was a there was uh, a, a a bit of a uh, an experiment done is around you know when you install say an application, it comes up with the terms of service. Yeah. Yeah. Do either of you sort of read through all of those pages of the terms oh, of service? I haven't got time, Paul. But I'm you're a legal team. But you generally go in and you <laughs> click yes. And yeah, in this yeah. example, I, I can't remember what it was, but you know, you can imagine 
for for an experiment, they get you know the app might come up and it gets you to you know give away your firstborn oh, or South Park uh, did it. you know yeah. oh is that the one <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the human Sentai <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah the SWAT team came and kidnapped him yeah. and was like but you you agreed to this yeah. it's in the terms and conditions <laughs> like I didn't read it that's it yeah <laughs> but you're right um, I mean who knows what we're agreeing what we're, to yeah. in any of these situations and uh, you know our phones aren't always. You know, secure. Every platform varies probably a little bit, but you know, I, 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 you know, um, and you know, the, well, there's certainly that password thing. You know, you can be on any platform, and if you've got a loose password, iCloud or otherwise, then uh, you know, you're potentially compromised. And even two step, you know, authorization could be a complete hassle if you happen to forget your, your credentials. Mm. Getting that back is a nightmare. Yep, and I mean we've seen you know security you know challenges with Android, uh, you know, but these things aren't necessarily platform related, but there are yeah there's some reasonable sort of risks out there. I remember one, uh, I think it was last year, uh, an iOS app that you know was basically drawing a whole lot of data out of your phone and uploading it to you know their service, so you know say wandering off with all your contacts and and capturing that now. Mm. Usually, you know, well, hopefully, usually these things get caught and 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 closed down pretty quickly if they're yeah. if they're doing the wrong sort of stuff. But the, you know, there's always a potential that your information and how many apps have got access to say read your SMS messages. Yeah, or, the, the, you know, a few the, months ago, things like that. A few months ago, there was a a large culling of Facebook Messenger with a lot of my social media friends, and mm. uh, what was frustrating about that was that it was a simple. Um, uh, miscommunication in regards to the way Android actually presents permissions. Um, a lot of my friends were like, oh, we're not going to use Messenger anymore because it can get access to your text messaging and your phones and your contact lists and this and that. And the reason and, and the Android wording of the permissions is very, very vague, uh, which create a lot of confusion, but it needs to do that so that if you are using the app and a text message comes in, then the notification can pop up or, or uh, interrupt what you're doing. The, you know, Angry Birds needs permissions to your contact list so it can do that, so that the SMS functionality can you know, be imposed over what you're doing. It has a permission to do that. Not Angry Bird wants to steal all of your friends' phone numbers and email addresses. And it was a really fascinating few sure, weeks. But I, I guess it, re- it, but it does create that position where you know, an app uh, will have that you know, a oh, right definitely. to do much more than what it should because it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's lumped in with all these other functions. Yeah. Yes, I just want to be able to do this, but actually in order to do it, well, I've got access to read all your personal text messages. Access to all your um, friends. Yeah, I mean, all, yeah, all sorts of very private information. And, uh, you know, it could be someone dodgy that works for that company or it could be an obscure app uh, that chooses to, uh, you know, it's been written in such a way and there that, was a that case it downloads of that. that and, I can't um, remember the exact details, but mm. there was an example of that where, like you were saying, this particular app, like a messaging app or something that was actually uploading everything onto their servers, yeah. like literally everything that the phone was able to. I've actually not uh, uploaded, um, taken downloaded apps myself because they want to, you share your Facebook friends or your things, and they, I mean, some people have like six hundred plus friends on it. For them, it's an easy CRM. Yeah, and basically, with the likes of myself, you know, I handle brands, and so I've got you know various login credentials that so I don't want to share with a random freemium game that they know, benefit big time, definitely. Yeah, and, yeah. and speaking of, did you hear about the internet allergies in North Korea today? I did. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. So what, what's 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 your pick on that? Well, case sensitivity and, and all that. Oh well, you know. So do you, interesting. Do you, we're talking about all this about security and, mm. and, and and online and that, and then boom, North Korea. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I I. Uh, I don't know how I feel. I've been hearing rumors and murmurings of the interview being leaked online, and I don't know. It's a very, I mean, the reality of North Korea is staggering, and it's it's just how horrible of a situation they live in, and, and the reality of 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 North Korea as a dictatorship. So, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I really want to see the movie, and I'm sure it will be hilarious. But it, given the fact it's been injected. Yeah, and by it didn't even want to be in this extremely political realm. I don't know how comfortable I'm going to feel if I find it online and and view it, knowing the reality of you know what could be potentially on. I mean, I'm trying to tell my friends that well, hey, if you're going to watch it, donate your movie ticket to a you know a, a charitable yeah. act that will actually help North Korea or people in there. I don't know. I'm not trying to mm. create a, a New Zealand social movement here, but I just it's the first time I felt conflicted and. and with that in terms of just going gung-ho and downloading it and, and you know it's, it's a very serious area that I don't know too much about wow look so, at Obama's being brought into the thing today well go yeah on. exactly can you, you hear his Rogan sitting there just going oh my <laughs> god <laughs> Obama's talking about my movie like <laughs> yeah. this isn't how I pictured this <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't even aired yet oh, they had a couple of screening a media screening a couple of weeks ago which I didn't get to go to for that interview film and then after I that, think there'll be a lot of people kicking themselves for not bothering, not, not bothering to uh, <laughs> not bothering to, to turn up. Now they've the, you know they would have been some of the few. So in terms of for those that didn't know, what what we know is that North Korea dropped off the internet today in what has been um, you know suspected as what's called a distributed denial of service attack. And uh, interesting that that was that was actually one of the things that Semantic was. Uh, was highlighting in their sort of review or their you know their <laughs> their talk for what we're expecting to see a continuation of um, in 2015 Clever. is that that will keep continuing. So and yeah, this was a list that I, that they they shared with me last week. But um, yeah, it's just it's an interesting uh, timing that you know all these varying security things are. Uh, um, you know, are ongoing. One of the other ones that they were uh, they were talking about um, w- was the uh, you know ransomware type uh, scams, and they highlighted that Australia uh, and New Zealand, maybe to a lesser degree, but Australia and New Zealand have been quite heavily targeted as far as these you know ransomware uh, type malware has been concerned. That uh, you know holding individuals and organisations to uh, to ransom to uh, release their data, basically getting in there and encrypting all your data. So, yeah, a few uh, a few uh, nasties that are that are no doubt going to be ahead for the um, for next year. So um, I'm still going to sleep well tonight, Paul. Oh, and 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 as you should, because there's not much you can uh, you can you can do about these things. What while you Ross will be while playing you, his guitar while you, game while you oh, sleep. I've got, I've got two capitals and three letters and yep. numbers in my one. Yeah. No. Hey Ross, tell us about that new game that that you've got. Now it's yeah. not it's not Woo-hoo! brand new, but uh, brand it it's, new it's, it it sounds quite god. cool. What is it, Rocksmith? Rocksmith 2014. I just picked it up for the Xbox One. You're so, such a rock god. Oh, well, this is what I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to doing because it's you know back in the day with Guitar Hero, you had your, your physical oh, yeah. like your, your plastic guitar with five buttons, and you know, and the running joke with us musicians was like, well, you're going to be great at smashing five buttons, but I mean, <laughs> who cares? Like it's it's, it's timing, right? It's a timing thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what? So what Rocksmith have done now is the ability to actually use a physical guitar, and they've got a, a quarter inch jack to USB plug uh, lead. 
So you plug in and then the um, the game understands when you've hit the right notes or not. It's all in pitch and really? uh, it's using a real guitar. So it's a great learning tool. I've got a, a good friend of mine who's a, a teacher yeah. and uh, he's given his copy to his students at school. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's great for beginners, um, but also for like so myself, there's a jam in a session mode. So you can plug in the genre that you want to play and the key and the instrument. And then you've got this virtual band that you can jam with. So it's great for me. Like I said, I got my, you know, when my kid goes down, I can put my headphones on and jam out in, my, in the little living room by myself. Yeah, and no more ear guitar for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. And um, you could, know, like could I said, this I, be the new way of interviewing band members now? Uh, people will come up for the auditions, they just plug in and then they get a score at a turn. Yeah, that would be a bad idea, actually. <laughs> hey, what about Saving Grace, what, you reckon? Yeah, just go. Uh, yeah. So, while well, you're going to try and get really good at yeah. this and see if you can get into the band? Yeah, yeah I yeah, might yeah. try that. <laughs> I've got a few uh, speed metal riffs locked away there somewhere in the dark places. Like I said, like I said like it's, it's, it's a really cool application in terms of you know translating it to a physical guitar. I, I got really good at Guitar Hero, but I mean, so what? Like, it, the, the, translating Guitar Hero to an take, take, guitar. Take that on stage or uh, in, into the recording oh. studio. Uh. I had a, I, one, time, one time my friend went on stage with a Guitar Hero guitar and the actual band guy had his wireless and he was backstage. So, oh, but Millie Vanilli. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you had like eighty percent rocking out, not giving a shit, and then you had like the the, the actual guitarist on stage going, "Hey, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, something's, something's wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> He's that not was, plugged in." That's close. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, we were talking about uh, internet speeds increasing in New Zealand before. Now, something else on that that relates to that is we've now got the uh, the the full story around this what was a potential new uh, undersea internet cable linking New Zealand to Australia. Uh, and that's all been confirmed. So um, Spark, uh, Vodafone New Zealand and Telstra, Telstra have joined up on what's uh, uh, about a $90 million um, New Zealand uh, Paul, deal to I'm, put a new connection in. I'm surprised that people are raggling haven't got up in arms about it. Usually they're the first one to protest about things like that, about <laughs> mining and that. Now they've got a big bloody giant cable in, right on their beach. Well, they've front. actually already had uh, fibre optic connections from uh, Raglan. Um, well, maybe I, they just haven't told people of Raglan. I was talking to uh, Tony Baird from, from Vodafone, and he was saying that they've chosen Raglan as a spot because Vodafone already have a connection that runs from there, I think, uh, you know, to further down the country. And so that's that's one of their uh, that's one of their connections that is in place at the moment. Now, I, I don't know too much about uh, that side of it. We've got um, uh, the, we could probably have a guest on who's who's a bit more up to play with what all the varying fibre uh, connections are around the country because we're a pretty well connected country as far as uh, you know fibres you know concerned within New Zealand. Uh, but the the uh, the international links are you know there's been some debate. Are we you know catered to well enough? Is there a bit of a risk that if someone uh, yeah decides to uh, cause us some problems or cables get fished up, uh, could we be stuck? Now at the moment with the Southern Cross cables, we've got you know a bit of redundancy. There's you know connection coming in um, both sides of the country, um, but uh, yeah this this will I think be good because it uh, just gives us a bit more diversity. They're talking about a twenty. Uh, terabit uh, design capacity. It's kind of fast. Mm-hmm. It'd be enough for uh, watching a fair bit of stuff, wouldn't it? Wall. Uh, just handle the, the internet traffic from Raglan. 
That's huge. I think um, they were saying that that's that's uh, that's already more than than what is currently used between New Zealand and the good. rest of the world. Really, uh, today. Yeah. But that's the initial design capacity for when they launch, which is uh, mid 20, uh, 2016. So we're only sort of eighteen months or so out. Um, but with improving technology, that is likely to be able to wind up much, uh, you know, even further in, in the future. So initially, they won't even turn on that capacity because it won't be needed. Uh, but it's, uh, well, I think um, it's certainly nice to have that that, um, that well, connection. No, I suppose two degrees are really, it's not really the cup of tea, is it? Data and uh, internet cables and stuff. Well, I mean, I think you, all sorts of people would love to have a, have a, have a slice of it, but, mm. uh, you know, it comes down to, you know, I guess this is a business endeavour, and, you know, maybe this gives Spark and Vodafone a little bit of a competitive advantage that they own their own, you know, they've got their own, uh, you know, connectivity to, to and from Australia. And, of course, Australia has the the, uh, the benefit of having a lot more connections to the rest of the world, off to Asia, off to the US, than what we have in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it means there's a, there'll be a little bit more, uh, you yeah, competition there in terms of that, that broader international uh, bandwidth for internet providers that maybe don't want to just rely on the uh, on the Southern Cross cable, uh, they could use this connection to Australia, and then uh, you know, from, the, from Australia the that can take yep. them on to Asia, yeah, the US, America, the US, etc. So uh, yeah, so I think uh, I mean it's it's uh, it's pleasing. I'm sure there will be, and I think there's already been a uh, a little bit of a stir from um, yeah other internet providers that are. You know, concerned that they're going to be at a dis- yeah. disadvantage. Um, and who's the uh, main stakeholder out of the three? Uh, so I think uh, Spark and Vodafone have a have an equal sort of share, and then there's a smaller share that uh, that, that that Telstra has, I believe. Oh, that's good. In the right way, we've actually got one up over the Aussies on that one. It's <laughs> awesome. So uh, yeah, so it's um, it's it's good news. I mean, we've been waiting a long time as far as. When we're going to get, um, uh, you know, more more connectivity to the rest of the world, and uh, yeah, now we've actually finally got uh, what I think is probably some pretty solid uh, confirmation because you know we have had uh, we have had other options that have been uh, been been you know talked about in the past, and the other one that we were we were also waiting to hear about was the um, uh, Hawaii. Um, Cable and uh, yeah, that one's been talked about for some time, but again, nothing had sort of been finalised. So uh, yeah, at least now there there is something extra that's uh, uh, absolutely confirmed. I guess that doesn't completely shut out uh, the possibility of um, yeah other cables, but it, more than likely from a fiscal pers- or financial perspective, uh, sorry, it does for uh, you know for uh, for most. So well, yeah, no, on geez. a slightly related note, uh, Xbox Live Australian servers just went live last week, which is really exciting for, for, for gaming, more specifically for Xbox. But um, I think they've just come off the back of the Azure servers uh, in Melbourne or Sydney. Yeah, so Microsoft have got their own data centers now in, in Sydney and Melbourne, and I guess that allows them to bring stuff a lot closer to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, so there's dedicated Xbox Live servers now in, uh, for Australia, which, mm. is, which we're benefiting from. Um, extremely well. The, a lot of the newer Xbox One games rely on um, Azure for a lot of the cloud computing. So um, I think games like Forza Horizon 2 are seeing a huge amount, and Halo, a huge amount of improvements in, new really? match, in matchmaking. Speed performance. Oh, speed-wise, but matchmaking, yeah, it's, mm, yeah, mm, it's, mm. it's great. Well, I think when you, when you break it down to the technical numbers, the uh, 
um, yeah, the distance to Australia, it's, it's a pretty small distance. And when you break that down to, yeah, the speed of light, how long it takes your, um, uh, yeah, data to travel to and from Australia, uh, yeah, we, we, we're talking, um, yeah, something like a, a 30th of a, of a second, mm. uh, for communications to get, to get there and back, which is, yeah, streets ahead of com- you know communications with with the US that mm. I you know I guess we're talking uh, yeah four or five four or five uh, yeah times aren't we? It's yeah. uh, it's you know, considerably longer anyway. So and I'm really bad at first person shooting games. So I'm always looking for an excuse to play. <laughs> <laughs> if that, if that pen goes your, away, your excuse is gone. It's gone. Guitar yeah. Hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> just not getting better. Um. <laughs> Now, in uh, in other sort of new new gadgets and, and and tech, we've got a couple of keyboards there that have Can I model um, this one? Yeah. the Aqua Teal that have Logitech. that have come in from uh, Logitech in in the last month and uh, been having a play around with them. Now, one of these was uh, was un, was under wraps, and I can't remember which one of it. There was one we weren't supposed to uh, talk about, so. Uh, well, they're I, all I, both unveiled. So, uh, um, under, so I was I was sort of hushed yeah. up. We didn't we didn't talk about them, Unwrapped. but um, I know we are uh, we are officially allowed to uh, to talk about them now. So um, we've got uh, we've got two there. So these these are basically uh, tablet tablet keyboards. Um, we've got keys to go, which is the um, very slim, sort of surface, surface-like um, the sexy portable, portable keyboard. Well, you had a bit of a play around with that yes. um, with your phone. Now, um, how how would you describe it? I mean, it, it's um, it's like a sort of I don't know how many millimeters thick it is. It's um, it's like the slimline version of the Surface Pro keyboard. Um, it comes in a nice sort of teal color as well, but very lightweight, very thin, very mm. thin portability. And it's uh, Bluetooth. That'd be great um, if I'm doing a whole lot of reviews and stuff at concerts on sites. You just take it along with my tablet or smartphone. Just pair it up and boom. Yeah. Quiet. So it's designed. I think it's designed as a you know specifically for iPad. It's sort of in that iPad um, uh, you know mini mini type um, size. And um, you know you can set your iPad up on its uh, on it on its stand. Um, and, and away you go. So you use it with your iPad, your iPhone, um, Apple TV. Yep. And, um, yeah, but the sort of thing that's very, very portable, I mean, you just slide, slide it in alongside your, uh, uh, your tablet. If you've, got a, if you've got a really big jacket pocket, you could probably uh, Easy. Um, squeeze it in there Easy. as well. And uh, in theory, it's, uh, it's reasonably uh, spill, spill-proof. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, you shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have a too good, much too much. Good issue. solution for getting around the on on uh, screen. Yeah, uh, touchpad. Oh, um, six, six mils. I'm reading. So I was yeah trying to trying six to figure it out. Um, so oh, yeah. so yeah, it's probably not quite as thin as some of the um, uh, the the surface keyboards, but you know, as far as just a a nice portable accessory because it's certainly it's smaller than those in terms of uh, other dimensions. Yeah, I like it. Pretty easily fit into existing. I've got like a seven-inch carry case for my tablet and it looks like it could easily fit in there as well. Yeah, it's that sort of size, isn't it? Yeah, um, you wouldn't feel inconvenienced about having to bring this as well. I mean, this is, yeah, ultra thin, ultra portable, very, very handy. Um, now the other one we've got there um, is Logitech's K four eighty. Do you need a hand lifting that one? Now um, a little a little bit bigger and heavier yeah. than uh, 
um, than than the uh, the keys to to go. But what's unique about this is it's designed that you compare it to multiple uh, devices. So you can have um, there's a little um, dial on there, isn't it? You can yeah. basically flick it between. Uh, three devices and it works with you know, Windows, Android and iOS and um, yeah it's got all the right keys it's a, it's a decent it's a pretty solid keyboard it's pretty solid it's got a lot of um, you know additional functionality like your you know your, your function controls you've got a lot of um, additional uh, media controls there as well and stuff that you wouldn't normally actually see on a, a mobile um, or tablet keyboard control it's pretty interesting and like you said the ability to, to, to control and just easily connect via Bluetooth to Android, Windows, Chrome, iOS, and macOS. It's pretty cool. Mm, yeah. mm. I sturdy. mean, if, you, if you're traveling, it's kind of, uh, you know, an ideal type of device, but it's also got a um, little slot there for, uh, you know, for sliding your tablet or your, or your phone into so that it... Uh, so that it stands up, sort of almost laptop-type uh, type style. It's and definitely one of the sturdier mm. portable keyboards I've... I've had in it. And that's why you've got to have the weight because you've got to have that base heavy enough that yeah. putting your tablet in it doesn't just uh, knock, knock the whole thing over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, you know. But, it, yeah, it's, it seems like, a, uh, seems like a nice little nice little option. So. Yeah, if you're touch typing at the speed of light, you're not going to trip up like a lot of these thinner mm. keyboards. I've found myself tripping up and, and spelling a few things just because my input is faster than – or the, 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 the response that I'm getting from the keyboard, I'm not – you know, I'm not getting a response. I'm assuming, and just going gung ho. But with this, you know, these these keys are pretty pretty solid. Yeah, I I think it's uh, it's a good option. And I mean, Logitech have really been the main player in uh, in providing a lot of these uh, yeah these portable types of products. Were you just playing um, a Fusio on the keyboard, um, Ross? No, I was playing uh, Quake. Quake. <laughs> I like it. The raise the raise keys sturdy. Yeah. Yep. So the keys to go, um, seeing those around uh, $100 in, uh, in retail uh, in New Zealand. So, yeah, it's not too bad. And I guess for a, a last-minute Christmas or a present or a, something to grab for uh, Boxing Day, uh, not, too, uh, not too shabby. And the... Um, it takes two AAA batteries. Yeah, um, I've got to be careful with these podcasts. Because the last time we were here, we, we reviewed the G3 and the, the smartwatch, and I'm sitting here with a new G3 and a smartwatch. So, don't give me any ideas about so, these keyboards. So, how how are you finding the um, um, the the LG? Uh, what's that watch called again? Uh, the LG G Watch. That's right. Um, the, yeah, the G Watch. How are you how are you finding it? I really like it. Like for for I'm using it just for the notifications. You know, there's it's you have the ability to respond by voice, what have you. But my primary use, um, you know, my social media channels get quite active at night, where I really want to have my phone down mm. and, and you know concentrate on family or dinner or what have you. So. I'm literally just using it just to keep an eye on notifications. And if I start seeing an influx, then I'll be like, okay, well, I can go check it. But it's just a, it's nice. I think, I think my wife likes it more than I do because it means I can put my phone down and I'm not, you know, glued to the, uh, the phone screen all night. And it's, it's cool. It's given me that. I didn't realize how connected I was to my phone, but it's given me that confidence to put my phone down and be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> sounds, sounds weird, but it's, it's, it's cool. I really like it. It's, um, 
you know, it's it, the battery life on it is quite surprising. Um, I use the screen off method so I can get two and a half, three days out. Mm, mm. Pretty good, but it's the, I got it on a whim. I didn't think that I would really utilize it, but it's the, it's been the most interesting and surprising tech purchase I've had in the last year. I didn't realize just how much I would actually use it. And now it's ingrained. Like I, yeah. I feel odd if I'm not using it. It's, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Looks nice too, the black alligator skin. Fake alligator. I, that's that's not stock. It came with like a, a plasticky grayish strap. Oh, I, you, I, can, I, you can swap them out, right? Well, they're just stock 22 millimeter mm, straps. Mm, so mm. if you go down that's to cool. one of the little um, kiosks in the shopping center, yeah. I just got like a little cheapo $10 one and it's got that nice kind of elegant look to it. Weren't you meant yeah, to, yeah, weren't very, you, very elegant, Ross. Looking gorgeous <laughs> there, mate. Weren't you meant to get the random Motorola watch? Were you looking at that one? I was looking at them all, but because it was a, a you know an early adoption, oh, okay. and I didn't really know too much, I just went with the G Watch because it was the cheapest of the lot, and I figured, well, if I, I don't want to invest too much in this because I might hate it in a few days. So yeah, yeah. but oh, I like it. I like it. A lot of the um, a lot of the stock Android Wear functionality is built for the Square. Yes, screen. So Android I've, Wear. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of the a lot. I've seen a lot of the apps on the rounder screens just look a wee bit weird. Yeah, because yeah. we've now got the round screen from LG. We've got the Moto 360 that's out in, in retail here. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Sony have got their smartwatch 3 that's that's in stores now. Um, Asus are coming out with the... <coughs> yeah, uh, so there's there's lot there's lots of options really, aren't there? And, yeah. uh, you know, it comes down to the sort of preference of, you know, what you're looking for in terms of stylistically and, and capabilities. And then, you know, I think 2015 is going to be a year where we get a truckload more wearables, We'll probably see you know, a bunch of improvements around you know, battery life and, and, yeah, Gen, and capabilities. Gen two, I think, is where we're really going to see like you know the heartbeats sensors and, and, and you know these more uh, fitness orientated functionalities come in and start playing a lot more. I know Microsoft Band came out with the GPS inbuilt, which I think is going to be a really big thing that they need to focus on. Yeah, having the inbuilt GPS so that you don't have, you know you buy an additional functionality for your wrist, but you still need to bring your phone on your own. So mm-hmm. If you can eliminate the phone from the equation and just run with your wrist, uh, the inbuilt. I think the inbuilt GPS. I think Microsoft did a really good thing there in terms of investing in their functionality. Um, you know, from uh, from this generation. Mm. Yeah, pity they're probably uh, from their perspective, they probably won't win much market share with it. But um, good on you, Microsoft. Um, you know, um, <laughs> we love a try. Um, <laughs> they're playing. They're playing with the big boys. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure they're going to win a lot of share there. But I mean, it, it is cool. It's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting product. Uh, from you know, I think one of the one of the things is now I realize it's pretty essential with wearables is that they're waterproof. That you don't have to worry about that. Um, oh, that, they, that's, they look cool as well. That's a little yeah, bit of a that's a little bit of a short shortcoming. But well, one uh, thing I've noticed is that we now have a generation, and even myself included, that once smartphones came about, watches we did we stopped wearing watches. Mm. So now, if we're going to introduce the concept of wearing wearables, they need to look sexy. They need to look nice mm. and cool. And you know, a lot of these first generation ones are very. I mean, by all means, they're just simply, you know, the first reiteration, so they have to play it safe. But, Absolutely. And this is one thing that I really was excited about with the, the Apple Watch, the, the, the different iterations and the, the different style and functionality. And I think they, from an aesthetic point of view, they get the fact that a, a wearable is a fashion accessory <laughs> as well as a functional piece of, of, of uh, technology. So having multiple straps, multiple watch faces, multiple hardware options for you know your 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 office people, your your sports people, your, um, your Gen X, your Gen Y. I, I get what they've done there, and it's a really smart way of doing it. 
Yeah, and I think that side will, will definitely help them. Now, um, so just back to the keyboards. Um, I know you didn't want more temptation, but it's, a, it's only 80 bucks for the K, uh, K480, really so it's not too I'll scary. Um, I'm going to Ross. All right, let's uh, get your review uh, equipment about to disappear <laughs> out the door. Um, okay, but before we go, uh, a couple of other bits of, bits of news. Um, We've been waiting on on Sky to launch their uh, neon on demand um, or video on demand uh, service. Uh, they formally oh. said, "Oh, by the way, we're not launching it this year, as we promised very early on in the year that they would." Uh, so that is a rather fascinating um, one. Um, yeah, we could go into all sorts of discussion on why you know Sky are, are so poor and. You know, can't don't have deep enough pockets to be able to uh, launch a product like this on on time and launch a reliable product. Um, but we won't go we won't go there. It will be interesting to chat to them after launch, and you know, I, I imagine that they will launch something that is actually a pretty cool service. They're going to have access, uh, presumably, to uh, yeah, to a pretty strong content catalog. Uh, but at the moment, I th- I'm a little bit disappointed that they haven't uh, they haven't got out the out the door yet. And by the time they do launch, we're going to have uh, yeah Netflix about to uh, about oh. to arrive here in New Zealand, which comes uh, <laughs> officially in uh, in March. Um, now, other news. Now, this was one uh, Ross, you were you you and I were chatting about was uh, the acquisition by uh, Oculus of uh, Nimble. Now, tell us this story. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. Uh, I've got a lot of friends that use the Oculus Rift and rave about it. And Nimble uh, is essentially much like the Kinect camera on your Xbox where it can track uh, movement, motion, skeletal movement. So what your hands are, where your, your hands, hands are, are and they, so yeah, on. Where they yeah. are and, and, and um, they initially started a Kickstarter. To, to raise it as an accessory to the Oculus. And then uh, that quickly got shut down, as I believe Oculus published all that, and went, you know what, we'll, we'll have a piece of that pie. Thank you very much. So they've acquired this technology. But it's exciting. It's uh, I've seen you know tech demos of, of it, and it's very, very accurate, very responsive, uh, tracks your hand movements. And uh, uh, so within the Oculus and the, the VR world that you're in, you can interact, you can pick up items that are uh, within your site, you can interact with uh, user interfaces. I've seen uh, tech demos of like a virtual reality uh, uh, movie theater with the controls hovering in front of you. You can reach out and touch them, and it will understand uh, depth and spatial awareness. And it's a it's a very exciting area for for Oculus, and like it's completely understandable why they've acquired it because they. Uh, you know, from a you know industrial perspective, there's so many potentials that it can be used. From a social perspective, in terms of you know playing uh, virtual poker with your buddies, and, and uh, oh, essential, it's amazing the amount of things that yeah. you can do. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's crazy. It's a, I've got a few friends that use the Oculus, and they're very excited about it. It's a, I think it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense to pair these two products up. And um, yeah, when I was at the Ford's Research Center recently. You know, I was in in this virtual environment, and I had to put on special gloves so that I could I could interact with uh, you know with with their uh, prototype vehicle. Mm. Whereas it, you know, this takes that whole thing away of needing to uh, needing that extra layer. You yeah. you still be able to reach out and, and interact with your environment in a virtual uh, virtual world. Um, but this sort of closes the loop as as far as uh, the the technology understanding yeah. what you're doing. Sounds and, great and, and the the 
the fundamental aspects of VR doesn't require that physical touch of the hands. You can still uh, readily accept a VR environment by using the system. Uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the detractors of virtual reality systems is the um, you know your sensory inputs in terms of what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what your uh, inner ear balance is telling you. And physically, you know, a cockpit games work extremely well because you're sitting down. So you are sitting in a cockpit. Your body readily accepts the world it's being presented to that. Uh, games where you run around, uh, like Minecraft, that have had Oculus builds, a lot of people become physically nauseous because the body doesn't accept the fact that you're moving at this crazy rate uh, that your avatar is moving in the game and uh, there's this massive disconnect your body rejects the uh, sensory input and then you feel physically ill that's going to be a big roadblock in terms of how they really push vr and get around either either get around that or just start developing games and uh, functionality where you don't you're not actually physically moving in this world cockpits again work really well elite uh dangerous um with the Oculus, apparently is an amazing experience. Uh, fully absorbed. A lot of my Oculus buddies now just detest keyboard the monitors now. They just can't go back. Um, it's it's an amazing experience. But again, if you're running around as a physical person and you're sitting down, it's an incredibly disjointed and nauseating experience. What are those games that they have? Are they called augmented reality gaming? When they put the, the, the glasses and they walk around and like geo... Yeah, it's, 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 it's all based on what your what your sensory inputs and your brain will allow you to process as being real. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that can do very well with it. Uh, there's a lot of people that can't. Uh, people that get motion sickness when they're watching first-person shooters, for example, it's just an extreme version of a sensory input that your body's rejecting, saying, I, I can't process that, I need... I need to get out of it. It does open up the world, but more interactive, isn't it? So we were at the Digital Nations, me and Paul having a go at the Oculus Rift classes, and all you could do is just walk around. You couldn't interact or grab something or reach out. or. Well, that's why it makes sense that Facebook have acquired it, because from a social perspective, the the possibilities are limitless. Mm. Like having a... Well, if they can overcome some of of those challenges, the, the things that make you sort of feel a bit sick when you're using them and yeah, and so yeah, on. I, I so that, that's earlier. definitely the unknowns, isn't Yeah, there's it? A, a truck simulator game that you can be fully emerged into, but as soon as you go over a speed bump and your body expects that jolt and doesn't get it, there's a massive clash there in terms of what your brain's processing as, yep. as reality and the physical reality, and that's where people get nauseous because of that. So I, I think that's good. For the, the Oculus for the next year, a year and a half, I think that's going to be fascinating. How they compete, how they actually get around that, if they even want to, or do they just start developing experiences where you're not a physical person running around? You know, I've seen tech demos on treadmills that, while that looks cool, and uh, the reality of having that sitting in the corner of your house is just it's ridiculous. So could it work in, in a scenario like what we have here? Like, you know, one of the things I enjoy about uh, recording a podcast is, is – you know, catch, catching up with people, sitting around, having a chit-chat like we're doing here. Uh, I guess you could do that in a sort of virtual, you know, in a virtual world with one of these headsets. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you wave your arms around and, you, you know, you can, you in- can see, see what's going on. I mean, it, there would be some aspects of it that are a little bit hard in terms of uh, passing around physical products that we look at. If you're looking at a, a virtualized version of the new tablet or the yeah, Microsoft yeah. Band or laptop or, you know... Whatever ten, it is. Uh, ten years, if I can't be one of those dogs in that dog painting playing a game of virtual poker, I'm going to be very upset. 
<laughs> I reckon that'll be cool. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. We're going to hold you to that one too, Roscoe. I'm trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Dog. Well, we were going to do a little bit more of a wrap-up on, on some of the highlights of the year, but this, as, as usual, as with every week, there's always so much stuff to chat about, and uh, we've ended up having enough news and bits and pieces to uh, to chat through. I think that's uh, um, pretty much um, yeah. No, run us through. So what we, what I will do, and we did this last year, is we're going to have a uh, a page online of sort of the the, the top tech of of the year. Um, and if you if you listen to this soon enough, you'll also uh, find. Um, again, an update on our page on sort of Boxing Day uh, tech sort of uh, deals and things going on. So if you're wondering, you know, what to tempt yourself with, there'll be uh, um, things like uh, I hear a, um, a very nice uh, 4K TV uh, special coming up at one of the uh, the retailers for uh, um, well under $2,000 on Boxing Day uh, for a nice big TV. Um, there'll be a whole bunch of stuff as as there is every year. Uh, some of those you'll probably need to be queued up out front of the store if you want any chance of getting <laughs> uh, getting the goods or, or jumping online and and, uh, and ordering early. But yeah. Uh, yeah, if you've just got a whole lot of cash sort of burning a hole in your pocket, then uh, Boxing Day is probably your day to get some reasonably good bargains on. Um, I'm hanging out for everything a from from smartphones to soundbars to. Yeah, who who knows what else. So um, yeah, hey, well, thanks everyone for uh, for joining us and for listening uh, throughout the year. We very much appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Ross and Walt, for joining voice. us on this episode. Very pleasurable. Now, where where do we uh, where do we find you uh, you online, Wal? What's your uh, Wal, uh, Twitter handle? Wal dot read. Uh, Twitter handles at Wal read, and also New Zealand Entertainment Podcast, where you can download the latest information on New Zealand entertainment news. Excellent and music, I'm, movies, uh, and all that stuff, and comedy, and Ross, gaming, and gaming. RossMcD.com, R-O-S-S-M-C-D.com. Go straight to my Twitter. Uh, yeah, just follow me and uh, start. Yeah, send me a message of phones, video games, music. Yeah. Bro, you got to plug your band. Oh, and saving grace. Oh. Yes. Yeah, where we go, and you can track me down uh, at Paul Spain on uh, on Twitter, um, paulspain.com and of course, um, oh, one other thing I should mention for New Zealand Tech Podcast: as of just a few days ago, we are finally on that place where you can play audio online, which is called I well, believe that's called the internet. Yeah. SoundCloud. Um, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, so we're on, we're on SoundCloud. So uh, oh, we, we've uh, we've we've been hassled for a while. Wall's been uh, one of the many saying, "Yeah, you on uh, on, on, on SoundCloud." And uh, my wife uh, probably started that with the push to SoundCloud. Um, but uh, yeah, finally given in, and we are also available on uh, we on, can uh, upload some of our music on uh, on, yep. on yep. SoundCloud so um, so <laughs> check us out uh, soundcloud.com slash podcasts uh, dash NZ I believe awesome uh, so uh, yeah and, and you can uh, while you're driving around you'll find a few other podcasts sort of starting to uh, starting to appear up there as well as the NZ Tech Podcast so uh, excellent way to go Paul thanks everyone for listening you have a great Christmas don't eat too much well maybe you should uh, and a great new year and uh, I will be back and reporting from uh, CES in Las Vegas uh, oh, in the go. first week of uh, Jelly. of January nice so uh, so that's us see ya see ya <laughs> see you boy have fun 
the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Vector Communications. Data networks built for business.